Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Coming at you live from DNHQ in beautiful South Pasadena, California. This is an off-season Blue Heaven podcast. That works. That works. What is going on, Dodgers Nation? My name is Clint. You could find me as Real FRG on Twitter and Instagram. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Doug McCain <laughs> here. You can follow me at DMag underscore LA. By the way, guys, we got a birthday boy right here, <laughs> Mr. Clint Pacias. Drop a happy birthday, Clint, down below the Dodgers. They didn't get him a great birthday present, did no, you? No, no. They uh, they've been known to do that birthday. for me. I mean, I've I've seen a number of uh, just painful Dodger losses, like on my birthday while partying with with a group of friends and all of that. I, I could still throw back to like one of my my more favorite terrible recent moments or, or recent memories of that. Remember the Miguel Montero homer yeah, yeah, off yeah, of Blanton yeah. and was at sixteen. Yeah, great times. Dodgers always here to not let us down. Um, at least we're here. We appreciate you guys in the chat here hanging out with us, rocking with us. Got Charger game on, but we're here and we're all still mad the Dodgers aren't in the postseason. So let us know where you guys are representing Dodgers Nation tonight. We're going to be here, as we've told you, all off season long. It's starting sooner than we planned, but we don't take time off. We the, we, don't, we get hit. So, you know, that's usually how it goes. But i got to remind you, this is a podcast. If you can't watch us live, listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, everywhere your podcasts are available for free. Subscribe, hit the bell, leave a like, leave a comment. We want to get your thoughts it's the off season, and we're going to need to stretch out some content here and there. At least it's a regular full off season, no lockout talk. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of playoff um, format talk, but let's get into some comments here. Uh, people, people are the chat's already lighting up, and uh, people are uh, very happy with David Roberts. <laughs> I see lots of uh, lots of fire takes down below here. We got fire Dave Ro- Roberts. We got Fire Dave Roberts from Aldofa. We got Hey Hey Boys from Dying Shooter. Tuning in from Korea Roach over there. Yobaseo. So, yeah, everyone's upset. At least the Braves lost Rebecca. Hey, misery loves companies. That's what they say. Hey, so Dodgers and Braves are playing in Cancun right now. From what I saw, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen. Listen, I got two schools of thought on it. So anybody who's not uh, you know, massively or maximum online like we are, it's kind of our job. We have to see all the things. 
Uh, there's somebody, some kid who's running an account on Twitter. It's called MLB Cancun, and they're they're doing a of a mock NLCS. Uh, you know, um, matchup between the Dodgers and the Braves, and it's pretty damn hilarious. So that's cool, but also it's like, you got nothing better to do with your time? I guess not. You know, Dodger fans right now kind of don't, but kudos to you, and also, you know, clean your room. That's all I got. Jacob Hertz checking <laughs> in. He said, what's up, Dodgers Nation? Neil on YouTube says, first, Daniel Braun, I'm still pissed. Um... <laughs> uh, Adam Scott Scott says still mad, not sad. What do you got? We got uh we got, we got uh, Adam eight one eight says Cancun on three one two three. <laughs> I'm I'm waiting for some thank you fans down below in the comments. Thank actually. you fans. Thank you fans. <laughs> the Dodgers oh. analytic team. Uh, it's not me. I swear. We got uh, Maddie Man over there talking about uh, thank you, uh, Doug. Your video earlier was dead on. Thank you and Clint for telling the truth amidst a bunch of excuse makers who do what you do. So yeah, let's think about we we seek for that truth as yeah. even if sometimes it can be painful, even so if sometimes it's the cold, hard facts, but yeah, I mean, sometimes the truth hurts in this situation, the Dodgers, they missed a cr tremendous opportunity to go down as one of the greatest teams in the history of major league baseball, but instead they'll go down as one of the most disappointing teams in major league baseball. You can't help, but uh, feel disappointed about a team that won 111 games entering the postseason and coming out having won only 112 games <laughs> this yeah. year. That's just bad. Like I said in the YouTube title, it is embarrassing because, I mean, we did our best, I would say, here to not really overhype the Dodgers or say the Padres were little brother and they were going to beat. I absolutely avoided it. I've been doing this shit long enough to know the people that come after you when you say anything bad, but also at the same time, I knew the Padres were a good team. This was a, this was a moment they had been building that club for, but at the same time, the Dodgers just rolled their ass over and let the, let the Padres scratch their belly. It was embarrassing, man. It was not what you expected to see out of a club that, yeah, they won a lot of games, but uh, think of how many times they really showed just an enormous amount of fight over yeah. 111 games or 111 wins in 162 games. This is a team. This is just what this team is. It's not an exciting team. It's a, not a rah-rah team. You can even get Dave Roberts to get his fucking ass thrown out yeah. from terrible call after terrible call by umpires. And sure, they went both ways at different times, but there's a moment where as a leader of a ball club, whether you want to call yourself the leader as the manager, the leader as the over or not the overpaid, the highly paid right fielder or the veteran third baseman or the soon to be free agent shortstop. If you want to be that leader and you want to say, hey, I can help this team win. I'm going to throw I'm going to throw a Molotov cocktail figuratively in the clubhouse after a game three loss and say, what the hell are we doing um, it, it, I saw a comment here, uh, Tyler, it, change it up. Need a shakedown. And I, I agree. I've said it kind of off and on over the last couple of seasons and the few times we've done these, um, <laughs> this is now end of season, what, 18, 19, 20, 21. So end of that many of blue heaven years. And we've done more of these exit shows than we have real shows. And usually the narrative is like, there's not a spark. There's not something, you know, that the 20 team was magical, but that, you know what? They were still playing on regular season time there. 
that interesting way to put season. it. Interesting way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, the, the the reality here is, look, we all love the Dodgers. We all bleed Dodger blue. But let's just call it what it is. This is one of the biggest choke jobs in the history of sports. It's you can't spell collapse without LA. And this Dodger team, what they did in this postseason, it's not even a take at this point. The fact that this team did less with more than any team in Major League Baseball history. When you consider the fact they went 111 games and win just one postseason game. They're not even the LA Mariners because the Mariners actually made it to the CS. The Dodgers are the first team in baseball history to win 109 games and not even advance to the championship series. It is the second largest regular season wins upset in postseason history. The Dodgers won 22 more games than the San Diego Padres. And I think, yes, of course, it was the bats. Yes, of course, the offense in the clutch was terrible. Last year was the dead arms. This year was the dead bats. In this this series, the Dodgers go five for 34 with runners in scoring position. They average just three runs per game after leading Major League Baseball with over five runs per game. And you can't not mention Dave Roberts. The scariest movie is Dave Roberts managing in the postseason. It's not a nightmare on Elm Street. It's a nightmare on 1000 Vin Scully Avenue. And Dave Roberts we're going to get into some of the decisions that he made but I think it's also those intangible things not getting the team fired up they look lifeless in the dugout you just said they didn't have that passion that grit that intensity do you think that's overblown or you think that's a legitimate reason why they didn't win this series I mean legitimate reason why they won is Clayton uh, was it Kershaw Kershaw is the one who said it like they beat us the Padres beat us they played better the Dodgers couldn't get any hits to fall they couldn't get the hits they needed to fall. Um, you know, game four, I, I really honestly, truly did feel this was going to be a five-game series. It was set up to be a five-game series. The Dodgers could and should have won. Uh, you know, credit to the Padres for finding a way to put up five a five yeah. spot against that that vaunted bullpen, but that also comes with you you keep turning to a bullpen over and over. Tyler Anderson, you're you're saying we're going to get into the moves. We got to talk about the Anderson move. We got to talk about how I mean, how do you let in in an elimination game, the most important game of your season, how do you let a call get missed to your pitcher to throw to first base to buy the next arm time? Sure, that pitch didn't cost the team the the game, but we've seen moment after moment over the years of those type of incidents or instances happening of like, oh yeah, this just happened. Oh, so it's, 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 there's so many damn excuses every time, you know, Rich Hill just started walking off the mound, even though Dave was walking out there to ask him in 18, Hey, are you good? Like you got this guy, but Rich just was like, oh, I, you know, he's walking out. He's going to get me clean up the communication in the postseason, you know, I think it was you know, the LA Times guys. They they put out a video and they were talking about how like how egregious a moment like this that is and a failure and and in messing up communication right there. How do you let that happen when you have like fifteen coaches on the damn team? You have a I think it was Jorge Castillo who said it. Like you have you have a game management coach or whatever the yeah. hell it is. Like you don't let that happen. That is a moment. Sure, it didn't cost the game, but it's it's a pile on of like every year it seems like there's something stupid or Trey Turner running out to to deep left field to go and try to steal a baseball from from uh, Chris Taylor in what was that game three or whatever? I mean, bouncing all over the place there. It's rough. 
It's rough. We're heated. I'm more heated than I thought I was going to be because I haven't really, I don't know if I've really cared, but I mean, with this team, it's so easy to enter the postseason resigned to the fact that you're going to fail. Yeah, I mean, like you've just said, I mean, those are inexcusable errors. Those are errors that are just about having basic communications. Like when your parents tell you, use your words. You just got to <laughs> use your words. You just have to communicate in those situations. And I think what happened was the moment got too big. The game got too fast for Dave Roberts. And some of these guys, they just couldn't deal with the pressure. And that's what we saw during this series. And look, this doesn't take anything away from the San Diego Padres. The Padres played a hell of a series. They outplayed yeah. the Dodgers in every single phase. They outhit the Dodgers. They outpitched the Dodgers. They outmanaged the Dodgers. They also, you look, just rewatch the games. Anytime something good for the pa Padres, happened that dugout was going crazy yeah. the Dodgers dugout Freddie Vibes. Freeman gets that double it's like it's quieter than a library okay I mean they're just this team was not in sync the entire series and I almost think that they thought was this a regular season series was their season on the brink because the Padres went into this series knowing it was their their biggest moment in their franchise's history and they took full advantage the Dodgers they absolutely didn't show up and this is not going to go away for a long time a lot of people have been saying hey Doug how long is this going to take to get over no this is a scar that you're always going to wear just yep. like 2019 against the Nationals just like 2018 yes the Red Sox were a better team but still the Rich Hill move in that series just like 2017 game two you can pinpoint certain managerial decisions that have led to series losses or at least contributed to and really Dave Roberts he hurts the Dodgers more than he helps the Dodgers in these big series I'm I, and I've been a big doc defender I truly have yeah but if you're not going to light a fire under your guys and you're also just going to divert from the script and we're going to get some of these moves like we said in a second what value is he truly providing I mean we know Dave's job Dave's job is to keep clubhouse cohesion to not let the team get like it was at the end of Donnie ball games tenure where people were at each other's throats. You got Zach Greinke throwing Yasiel Puig's, yeah. you know, equipment off the bus and just dumb things, you know, Matt Kemp not getting along with whoever, whatever the hell was going on with that club. I don't know. I never read Molly Knight's book. I don't read, but <laughs> hey, nobody got time for that. Uh, that's Dave's job. It's to do what the front office tells him to do. What the computers tell them to do there. We got one in there for you guys. But we always ask every time people bring up fire Dave Roberts, who is the better man? Who's the better person for this job? His job is to do exactly what it what he does and keep a clubhouse moving and motivated. I do think, like I already said, there's there were opportunities there where he could have sparked and, and maybe ignited his team, show a little more fight. But if that's not his game, the team needs somebody where that's that that's their game. And that's not Justin Turner. He's not the guy who's going to go in the clubhouse and or, or you know slam a bat on the way in, being like, what are we doing here? Mookie Betts is not that guy. Chris Taylor is not that guy. Cody Bellinger couldn't even get in, in games. The team doesn't have a a, a big-time leader. It doesn't have the – it's not that it doesn't have the right personnel in place. But maybe it is that it doesn't have the right personnel in place, and it needs it needs something else, uh, just a little bit different. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. One hundred and thirty-six Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Yeah. 
Bring them home. stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them home Let's get into some comments. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're behind there, and I'm, we're sorry about that. I did see a good number of uh, happy birthdays to me, so thank you guys. I appreciate it. I was really hoping to hear from you, and you made my day that much better. Um, <clears throat> Will says, DMAC forgot to mention how the Padres cheated. They turned on the rain and made it poor. Uh, I saw... I saw something hilarious where somebody on Facebook was saying the uh, the goose was like some sort of cheating conspiracy for the Padres to get the signs, relay signs from behind the behind second base or something like that. The goose happened while the Dodgers were hitting. Yeah. So let's not forget that, but I don't want to, I don't want to get into that. Let's get into comments for a bit, but um, thank you fans. <laughs> there it is. There it is. We got uh, producer Noah on the board today, running a thank you fans for us. Of course. Um, yeah, see about uh, get some get some co- uh, some comments in here. Camille asks, "Has anybody talked about the clubhouse culture? Can we always blame it on slumps?" I mean, let's be fair. There, it, ultimately, uh, it is going to be sounding like an excuse, but there are, it feels like there was a lot stacked against this team heading into October. Also, at the same time, they're kind of victims of their own success because they were able to check out in September, and that's just not good. At the same time, they're checking out. The Padres sparked. They got hot. They got that that walk off in. We were walk off win. We we're talking about it earlier, or whoever the hell is talking about it. Um, they sparked. They streaked. They they you know beat the Mets, and that's another team. You know, you're talking about like yeah. a, a massive embarrassment. The Dodgers losing. The Mets are in the same boat, really. But theirs was worse because. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's worse because, you know, the Braves were good and just a bit better. So they they got the division. So the Mets had to get bounced. Maybe the Padres are just a Cinderella team streaking at the right time. We've seen that a lot with these wild card teams, especially in recent vintage. But um, I lost my train of thought. No, yeah. I mean, you're <laughs> absolutely right. I mean, there's a difference between an excuse and an explanation. But for this for this team, I'm not going to make them any excuses. I'm really not to. Just look at that 1998 Yankees team that won 114 games. Guess how many <clears throat> games ahead of the Red Sox they finished in that division? They won that division by 22 games. The same thing with the Dodgers. If you can't get yourself ready and get up to play postseason baseball and you can't deal with the pressure that is playing for the Los Angeles Dodgers, then this is the wrong team in the wrong market for you. And it's as simple as that now there's a lot of team players on this roster that have had a lot of success a lot of champions mvps all-stars but for whatever reason they did not look ready to play this series they didn't look like they respected this padres team that they had one gone 14 and 5 against that the run differential was over 60 runs i mean absolutely dominated this padres team in the regular season and i think they said hey we're just gonna coast we're gonna beat them easily and they couldn't even force a game 
five. They couldn't force a game five. So, yeah, the reality is I do think that in the clubhouse, you do need to have those leaders that say, hey, we're not going to let us get pushed around. We're going to be able to take a punch and get off the mat and respond. And they didn't do that all series long. And you really just have to point to that clutch hitting. They created opportunities, but they yep. just weren't able to get that big hit. And we know in the postseason, that's what it's about. In the postseason, it's a back alley brawl. It's a street fight. Regular season, it's a different story. And if you look at the investment the Dodgers have made in their franchise, yes, you pour a lot of money in your team. That's a good predictor of regular season success, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get it done when it matters most. We've seen for decades in sports, talent does not always translate to titles. Yeah. It's about there's there's a good luck factor involved with it. A couple people in the comments saying uh, uh, Camille said there's no dog in that dugout. Uh, we had another one that said they need they need somebody who has that dog in them in the locker room. That's more in line with what we're talking about there. And I, I know, again, I'm way behind in the comments. My bad there. Need a dog. Uh, it happens. It happens with this show. They, they do need that dog. They need that spark. They need something. <clears throat> we'll, we'll, we'll get off of that uh, narrative and that thread for a little bit and kind of move it around, change it. There were moments where, you know, I mean, you can point to the luck because there was, uh, I don't remember the exact base situation, but I know there was runners in scoring position and I know Mookie Betts came up there and I know he hit the shit out of the ball and Manny Machado, top three, maybe the second best, maybe the first, maybe the best third baseman still in baseball right now, made a hell of a play, made a game-saving play for his team and, you know, uh, I mean, there were a number of those those moments. And by the other side, Dodgers just were not playing clean baseball. And you had all this time, you had time between the end of your, <laughs> I mean, it's good season, really odd, ugly end to the season. Um, I mean, it is what it is. Be ready, you know, come out fighting. They did win game one. And when they, when they beat Kirsch, when the pods beat Kirsch in game two, that's a, uh, that's where I got worried. Yeah, that definitely was a major warning sign, especially when you consider the fact Urias didn't pitch his best in game one, allowed those three runs, went just five innings. Kirsch, he grinded and gutted his way through five innings in game two, didn't have his best stuff, but it wasn't a sustainable path to victory in the postseason. They weren't going to continue to beat teams like this where you just get five innings from your starters. And Tony Gonson wasn't even expected to go five, I think, at best, maybe steal a few innings there at the beginning of the game then go get right into Heaney but this this plan yes the the bullpen had the depth but still I mean when you're not getting the production from your offense that you're used to getting you don't have a big margin for error from your pitchers so yeah I think that the Kershaw start was definitely concerning I mean he was a couple base hits a couple bad pitches away from really having the chokeshaw narrative resurface thankfully he was able to make the most of it and towards the end he could you could have got another inning from Clayton Kershaw he should <laughs> Yeah. gone six Arias could have gone deeper Tyler Anderson which I'm sure we're going to talk about he should have gone deeper into that game because guess what when your starters go deeper into games you don't have as many decisions to make and when you give Dave Roberts more decisions more often than not he's going to make a mistake because if there's a wrong button to push Dave Roberts will find a way to push it especially in these closeout games especially in these elimination games and this is just based in fact we have example after example after example at this point and yes you can point to the fact that the offense sputtered there's no question about it but you're playing a very talented Padres team and sometimes a good 
decision here, a bad decision here can change an entire series. I mean, the defense wasn't good enough. I mean, Trey Turner, we can't let him off the hook. His defense in game two, that allowed the winning run to score, essentially. That was the winning run to score, and it cost them a game. So they weren't buttoned up. The presentation wasn't there. This team just did not look sharp. And you can't, if you're the Dodgers, what are you supposed to say? Oh, we won too many games? Look, that was on them to... <laughs> prepare themselves to say hey we realize what's at stake here what i say in the preview show they were going to be the champs or the chumps and now they have to live with the fact that they're the most disappointing team in dodgers history and look you could say okay well what if they didn't even make the postseason what if they 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 really struggled how these injuries then they would really be the most disappointing team but the reality is when they won so many games and they assembled this roster that they the stakes were very high and mm-hmm. that's why I think this team really didn't have a, a keen sense of the moment and really what was on the line against this Padres team that I fully believe they underestimated. Yeah, I mean, they have over the last couple of years and especially this year, you know, they've just been able to show up to work, do their job and go home against the Padres. Padres were ready. You know, they made some shrewd moves. They made they, they won the trade deadline in going out and getting Josh Hader, absolutely shoved against the Dodgers in this series and Juan Soto who expanded and extended that lineup to where they can have somebody like Cronenworth down in the lineup to help out or to to be a weapon that ultimately proved to be uh the team's downfall Grisham down in the lineup who eventually heated up and uh by the way drop some f's in the chat for some great fire takes from Doug there I love the 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 starting pitching talk there We've we the, the more the more Dave has an opportunity to make some decisions, which we know a lot of them are already pre mapped out. But it still ultimately is him pulling the strings in some of those moments. We know that he said that he's admitted it. We'll find out more tomorrow as uh, Andrew Friedman and general manager Brendan Gomes are available to the media. Um, I'm sure that question is going to be asked, like who's really pulling the strings? Who's you know, who's running the computer? Is it Kevin? Shout out to my She-Hulk fans. Probably a bunch of people not not a fan of the ending. No spoilers. Uh, Carl says Mookie Betts is more like Loogie Spitz. Eh, we'll allow it. <laughs> with that one. Uh, Scabito. I'm go with Scabito. I blame the goose. Drank Hornitos to drown my sorrows. Hey! Hornitos. Finding new roads. Um, I don't know what that one's about. Um, try to find some comments in here LLWC ladies love white chocolate I believe was the name Uh, exactly Clint you can have a whole star team but it doesn't mean they're going to play as a cohesive unit and we did see this team play as a cohesive unit but they were able to check out in September for most of September and then after they checked out they had to spend five days playing each other playing playing with each other's balls before facing a team that is writing, like I said, time and time again in the pregame show, that is writing all the vibes of beating, what, the 103-win Mets or whatever the hell, however yeah. many wins they had. It was going to be a mismatch at that point because, you know, you have somebody with a running start, and that's, uh, that's tough. And in a five-game series, it's even harder. 
Yeah, I mean, there's definitely something to that. The postseason is a sprint. The regular season is a marathon. But if you had to choose between having that layoff, getting healthy, getting rest, versus going on the road and playing the New York Mets in a wild card series, and or if you're the Dodgers, you get home field advantage throughout when you're the best home team in baseball, you take that every single time. It doesn't seem to be a problem for the Houston Astros. Doesn't seem to be a problem for I don't only, know the score. Yeah, only the Astros. Let's be fair. What's the score of the Yankees game right now? I mean, I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up. We got uh, we got uh, somewhere. It's oh, it's, it's I think it's rain delayed again. Rain delay. Yeah. I mean, look. The reality is this team has so many experienced players on this team that have been on good teams that have had big leads, and they knew what was at stake. And yes, there was a deeper layoff, but look, this is really a cautionary tale, I guess, for teams moving forward. The rest versus rust debate, but. At the end of the day, you still have to go out there and compete. And you saw down the stretch, you saw sloppy defense. You saw the offense go to sleep. Hey, last time I checked, you're paid to do a job. Last time I checked, these teams have arbitration. And the more hits they get, the better they produce, the more money they earn. And that's what's important to them, right? So they had no excuse for coasting the way they did. And thankfully, they had a get-right game at the end before the season ended. But this team was sloppy for weeks. They had a really hot July. They had a really hot August. August, but Trey Turner, he slumped significantly down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Mookie Betts hit just over 200 September leading into the postseason. So look, I look, I mean, I think too, you it really boils down to Mookie Betts just being an absolute no-show. Look, the Dodgers last two post-series losses, the NLCS last year. Mookie, he goes four for 23, hits 174, just one extra base hit. This series, Mookie goes two for 14, hits 143 for one extra base hit. So the last two series losses in the postseason for the Dodgers, Mookie's hit a buck 62. We know that this team goes as Mookie goes, and Mookie has to find a way to do better, put better at-bats together. And the at-bat quality earlier in this series was bad. Yes, he... Had some hard hit balls later, had a sack fly, and was starting to turn around. But Mookie Betts just looked like he wanted no business with this series. When you compare that to the fire that Machado was playing with, Juan Soto, he struggled at points during during this series. But Mm -hmm. Soto's the guy who gets the big hit, one of the big hits in the clincher. So, look, I said it before. Anyone was saying it, I would rather see Mookie hit 300 than bowl 300. And, look, I'm not saying that... It's a deal breaker. I'm not saying that if Mookie Betts was holed up into a room watching footage of pitch Padres pitchers, that it would have been a different result if he was in the cages. But just from a pure optic standpoint, the fact that you're bowling, you're having the party, this and that, this is the city of Los Angeles. This is about the Mamba mentality. And I know for a fact Kobe Bryant would not be doing that. And the Mamba mentality is you're... Your, your tunnel vision. It's all about your craft. When, would you, when have you seen a video of Kobe golfing, Kobe playing tennis, Kobe bowling? Only video you see of Kobe is on a track running, doing sprints, or or playing ball, shooting hoops. So I think from the, in this town, it's a different expectation, a different standard. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I don't expect these people, these human beings, to just sit in their hotel room until it is time to go play baseball. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're not robots. Let Mookie celebrate his 30th birthday. I do agree with the optics of it. I understand and I feel with the guy for the oct- having October birthdays just kind of sucks. Here I am. <laughs> look at me. I'm working on my birthday right now. Isn't that, isn't that a whack job? That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a good time. Yeah. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Um, but yeah, no, there's something about optics. And guess what? If you want to go hang out, you want to go party, you want to do 
you know, you want to bowl, you want to whatever else some of the other team did. Um, you better be ready to win or else you're going to answer these questions for a long, a, a lot longer of an off season. And you know what? The questions about like, just how does it feel winning in that moment about the world series? Those are a lot better to answer over, over and over again, as opposed to, Hey, do you think you were ready? Hey, what happened here? What was going through your mind making that decision? Uh, how come you guys couldn't get it done? What do you think the team is, is going through right now? Yeah, I mean, like I said in the postgame show, it's it's time for Dodger baseball, not it's time for Dodger bowling. And I, I think when you look at this team... Tearing into my guy, Mookie. Look, I, 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 no one, you guys know, Mookie's my guy. Mookie I, no, is I my agree, guy. I agree. But, Again, this is bad timing and it's bad optics. But I just think when you are the star of the Los Angeles Dodgers, you are the franchise player, a $365 million man. He was a no-show. It was Milkbox Mookie this series. He did not do enough at the plate to be that table setter, to be the spark plug of this offense. And it's disappointing because we saw the reason why the Dodgers won the 2020 World Series was Mookie Betts. When, when the Dodgers score, when Mookie Betts scored a run in the 2020 postseason, the Dodgers, when Mookie scored a run, the Dodgers were 13 and 2. They the success rode through Mookie Betts. And I think that for him moving forward, he has to realize that that it comes with the territory of playing in this big market. He's played in Boston. He's played in LA and they, you need the big three to succeed. So I'm fully confident that Mookie's going to hopefully take us as an opportunity to motivate himself in the off season, to motivate himself to say, Hey, this is unacceptable. And Hey, if Mookie Betts has a better series, a couple of hits here and there, I think there's a chance that the Dodgers have more success. I'm getting, I'm getting word from producer. Noah. what do we got? Um, so I got two comments here. The first one is, um, from Thomas Workman, he says DMAC for manager. So that's a good oh, one. Oh, I like it. Um, but our second we one, win this a is game. from a little while ago from Ash Gaming. He said, it's not luck the Dodgers need. They need a Kobe, a guy or two that will hold everyone else accountable for their failures. Ooh, I like that. Accountability. They need accountability, buddy. <laughs> so who do you think is that guy? I mean, I'm really curious to say, see what you have to I say there. Who is that guy? shit about it when I said it a year ago. Here it comes. When I talked about a guy that has that dog in him that will say dumb shit in front of the camera to defend his team, even if he is wrong, Carlos Correa has that dog in him. I think there's a lot of us in this postseason that checked out on Trey Turner. I think the game got too big for Trey Turner at times this postseason. You saw some awkward looking plays on, on defense. Uh, you saw him nearly get pick off and almost break his finger trying to get back because, I mean, my guy, you have made that slide so many times in your career as a stolen base threat. And yeah, this is coming from a slow fat dude, but how do you not know where you're at in the baseline where you have to make this awkward stretch, but you have your oven mitt on the other hand. Um, Good point. It, it just, you know who showed up? Freddie, Freddie showed up uh, I, and I, I give Freddie Freeman all the credit in the world for being the man I thought he was going to be for this team in the postseason. Yeah, you hope a couple more, uh, you know, big hits fall. You hope uh, that ball gets in his glove that just tipped off because, yeah. you know, this game of inches. Um, Austin Barnes, give us more Austin. He, he, he did what he was supposed to do. He, he owned his baby boy. Blake Snell, two hits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Cause that's, he did. Cause that's what my guy does. Yeah. But other than that, 
one guy I have, uh, I'm taken to task big time though. You're you're on the Mookie train, and I I agree. I think Mookie did hit the ball hard, and had very little luck to show with it. But you know what? I'm tired of of J- Justin Turner is a playoff god for this team because he has not been good since 2019. Since 2020. He's hitting well under 200 in postseason play. This is a guy that has built his postseason legacy with the Dodgers on one incredible series against the Mets in 2015, where he hit six doubles in a series they lost. And the big homer on the anniversary, the 29th anniversary of the Kirk Gibson uh, walk-off homer. That was a great moment. In the last three years now, now three postseasons, wait, yeah, and that's last three postseasons. You're hitting, uh, what is it, like 190, four homers, seven runs batted in, in a run production spot. He was hurt last year. He was healthy this year, and he got beat badly by velocity. Yeah. And I could understand why he's somebody who needs to be a vocal leader, but I could, I, <laughs> you're not going to be bad and yep. go tell your team to do better. Yeah. I mean, I do that that's, in my softball really team, example. but I don't yeah. go and get paid $20 million yep. to play softball. Yeah, that's a really good example. And I love that take by you because you have, if you, yes, you can be that leader, but if you're not producing, it doesn't resonate the same. Yeah. Derek Fisher talked about that when he went to the yes. Thunder. He was like, hey, I, don't, I can't have the same voice. I'm not playing. I'm on the bench. They're not going to listen to me. But yeah, with Justin Turner, what really comes to mind is he had a golden opportunity to come through in game two, the loss. And he looked defeated in at bats. Oh, he was like little weak, soft pop ups to the infield, head yeah. down. I yeah. get it. Listen. I love Justin Turner. There is, I mean, he is, in my opinion, he is a top 10 all-time Dodger. Like, this is a dude that means so much to this club, and I hope he is somebody that's involved with the organization long after his playing career is done. He means a lot to the city and the things that him and and his wife do for for the, the, the community are phenomenal. But... You know, if we're talking about this moment and and him and his teammates wearing the loss and the fans and the the the, the city wearing this loss, this embarrassing loss to the Padres, um, you know, if you're pointing fingers, point yeah. point one at Mookie, point one at JT, because these are your guys. You yeah, know, these sure. are the guys. And 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 Turner, you know, we we assumed him going into the postseason. I mean, he was riding high. He had a an incredible second half of the season. Looked good. Just didn't have it just did yeah. not have it and he has not had it in a while and we yeah. keep we keep doing the same thing over and over they say the definition of insanity is doing yep. the same thing really, over and yeah. over and expecting different results mm-hmm. the cody <laughs> the the jt we tried it two years in a row with with tt did not work yep it's time for it's time for a culture shift it's time for something different it's time for somebody who's going to fight for his club and for his team and that's why again carlos correa it is Carlos Correa season for me. Trey Turner, you could walk. It is time for, for somebody, you know, get him on a short deal, get him high, high <laughs> average annual value. I don't care. I just want somebody different. And, and, you know, for the people who have the, the issues of the cheating and the past and all that other crap, you know, what fixes that winning, you know, what fixes that put a couple of these fake rings, make them real rings on those fingers. 
Yeah. Mookie promised us rings when he got here and he needs better help to make that happen. It's can't all baseball is not one person. Julio did not lose this this postseason. Clayton Kershaw did not lose this postseason. A short start by Tony Gonsolin didn't lose this postseason. The pitching did its part in keeping the team involved in the game. Bullpen did incredible job, an incredible job until luck just was not on their side. And and that's just how yeah. sports and baseball work. But get yourself in the best position with with somebody who's going to be there to hopefully attempt to inspire you when you're feeling at your lowest. Don't just wait till you're down three one in a bubble to to send a text to each other that and then go out and score eleven. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, somebody who's gonna throw some shit. If you don't know the facts, yeah, no. Look, <laughs> when it comes to C- Carlos Correa, I think one would he even want to sign with the Dodgers because you would have to think that he's a guy that I like money. <laughs> exactly. I mean, <laughs> if they if they're willing to pay him and outbid any team for him, maybe he does sign with the Dodgers. I used to say that I don't want to see Carlos Correa in a Dodgers uniform, even if it's on Halloween. But he's a guy where under the cer- right circumstances, if Trey Turner walks, if they're unable to sign any of the other big name free agents the Aaron judges of the world Mark Feinstein said today that the Dodgers might just let Trey walk so they can go after Aaron judge but they're gonna have to bring in some new life some more some bigger stars and really not some bigger stars but just new blood just Mm -hmm. to shake things up for the sake of shaking things up because what do you tell your fan base did you tell your fan base hey we run this back and it doesn't (laughs) matter you say thank you fans you say thank you fans (laughs) you say thank you fans Thank you. It's just post on opening day. See yeah. you in October. Thank we'll you see fans. how it goes. But I mean, I just think, what do you, how do you present this product to your fans knowing that what happens in the regular season clearly doesn't translate in the postseason for the most part during this run? Because I think that if you bring this same group back with Dave Roberts, Robert Van Scoya and company, you're just telling your fans that, Hey, we're just going to run this back and just hope for better results. And yeah. To me, I always say optimism leads to delusion. And I think that the Dodgers are a little delusional right now with their with their own talent that's currently on this roster. I definitely think you have to shake things up just to show the the players on the current team that this is unacceptable. It's yeah. unacceptable to pour this amount of money, to have these resources, and not just not just get bounced in the first round. They won one game. One single mm. game after winning 111 games. And I don't want to hear that, oh, baseball is a crapshoot. No, they just played like crap. That's what it was. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. 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 
Um, two quick things. One, quick shout out to Diane Schroeder, Super Chat. She said, happy birthday, Clint. Please go enjoy whatever it is that you love. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, Diane. Um, thank you. And then another one, we got Trace Gallo season. He said, Correa being the most hated Dodger would honestly benefit him. Ooh, good take there. Who said that one? Uh, I was Trace Gallo. Season. Trace Gallo. We love Trace Gallo. Uh, Correa season. I'm going to add more names to to their uh, to that handle there. Uh, I was talking to somebody about it earlier. I mean, at this point, how do you not? I mean, Dave is safe. Dave yeah. Roberts is going nowhere. He's not going. He he would need to show up and and you know take a dump on the damn front office desk. He would need to go crap right on. You know, uh, Stan Kasten's desk to maybe yeah, get go fired. George Costanza with the, <laughs> right around with the trophy change of the car body suit guy. Yeah, uh, Dave is fine, but I think you know it's 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 time for maybe just some coaching changes. You know, bye bye Bobby Guerin, just something different, a different voice, a different look. Um, I think. Yeah. Do you think the hitting coaches are safe? I think someone has to fall on the sword for this. And it's definitely not going to be Mark Pryor because Mark Pryor's done a fantastic job. Dr. Pryor, he's fixed everything. (laughs) Or not everything, but most things. Kimbrell wasn't the case. But he's done a fantastic job. But Van Skoyak, I think that him and company... Oh, look, this is the thing you have to realize that all these big leaguers, these high priced talent, they have their own techniques, their own drills, their own coaches and this and that. But I think from an optic standpoint, just hearing a new voice and sometimes your voice just gets redundant and guys learn to tune you out. And that's really my big point with Dave Roberts is I'm the biggest Dave Roberts fan. I'm support my Bruins, right? I want him to win. <laughs> But I'll just keep it 100 with you out there is that his single biggest asset is his personality and his ability to maintain a winning culture within this team that has so many all-stars, so many MVPs. He gets guys to buy in, but if he's not able to excel in that role and he is just using a script that's laid out from Andrew Friedman and the front office, then what truly is his value? Because to me, when you look at your leaders, if you're down, if you're facing adversity, the eyes don't lie. Mm-hmm. And Dave Roberts, when the game got fast, when they lost their lead, he looked defeated in that dugout. Yeah. And I don't want to see defeated Dave ever again. Yeah. I want to see a Dave that's confident, a Dave that's poised. It's almost like he forgot that he does have a World Series under his belt and that he has been in tough games and pressure situations. And look, if you feel off of it but i do think that it's two things i agree with you clint you have to change make a change that even the maybe the casual fan might not know or care about the casual yeah. fan is not going to care about a bob garen being changed or vance goya but the, the players cl- hearing the a different house. voice is going to yes. care and i think you're right about that you know there there is something to the good cop bad cop dynamic and i yeah. think maybe garen and and doc see a little too close you know, they're a little too eye to eye on some of those, uh, you know, thoughts. And I know Dave will say otherwise, you know, they, they all challenge each other in some way and that's good to have in the clubhouse, but maybe you need something very different. And again, I'm, 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 you know, I'm a fan of whatever the hell Bob Guerin does, but if we're under the ideal, the, the idea of, of just changing something and not just for the sake of changing something, it's it's changing something for the sake of of a new voice and to bring that accountability of like look we're yeah. not just going to keep doing this anymore you failed or we failed somebody's got to pay yeah you had the best possible setup to to 
succeed in the postseason in terms of roster, in terms of of health. You know, they got healthy. They got healthy to end the season. You had a couple guys on the roster you didn't have in the final game of the season, which is another question. You know, you brought up a number of times towards the end of the season. Like, how do we know that these guys are just going to roll in and be good? Yeah. Canely was good until he was needed. And then it went bad. Yeah. Dustin May didn't touch a baseball. Their big trade deadline acquisition, Joey Gallo didn't grab a bat. They, it's weird because you, you want splinters, I, man. You got splinters I, on that. Butt. I want them to do something different in October because I do think it's too much of the same uh, over and over. Too much of the same the way they adjust in October and the play. Um, or roster wise, we'll say, I mean, like, like David price was somebody who meant a lot to this club. Caleb Ferguson was uh, Ferguson was somebody who made a lot to this club. There was, there was much ado about Hanser not being on the roster and Miguel Vargas being on non-factor. Exactly. Um, yeah. I think just the way they, I think it's really interesting kind of looking back how their decision to utilize Cody Bellinger the way they did. And and, say, and to, to, to button up my thought, because I do want your opinion on some of that stuff. So they play the game a certain way all through the regular season. Bellinger is in there. He's starting every single day, pretty much. Joey Gallo's in there. He's getting starts. You go out and win 111 games playing a certain way. And then it went to October. Let's be real. You know, I fought for, we, we battled for Trace Thompson to get in there. It was kind of apparent the moment got too big for him in game one. And yeah, you know what? He found his way on base. He did some things, but he also looked a little, little shaky, a little uncomfortable in the outfield at times. Um, you know, you got to be ready to pull the plug a little bit sooner in October. But, but I think just the, the complete, like the drastic change in terms of how you won games in the regular season and now changing it, changing the, the strategy there in the, the postseason. you know, I mean, the, the, realistically the same goes with uh, pitching, because Tyler Anderson should have been out there in the sixth yeah. the regular season. He is out there in that sixth inning. He's probably possibly potentially maybe going seven innings. He was cruising. Yeah. Man, my is a complete game. Who knows? <laughs> you, you, now you, I'm playing. you change yeah. things. You need to change things. You need to, to be able to adjust in a series for sure. We saw the Padres adjust. We saw the Padres <laughs> listen to big poppy and his, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you got to do something different against your daddy. Yeah. Well, they did. Daddy <laughs> they got did, the ass yeah. beat. They did. No, that's a great point because Bob Melvin, he changed his lineup. Yeah. You saw the way he managed Hill. You saw the way he managed his bullpen. You saw their approach against Tommy Canely the second night of a back-to-back. -back. How they looked a lot better. They were a little more patient against him. They were finding their hits against him. And I think that with Cody Bellinger, yeah, he wasn't successful. He goes one for seven. They were attacking him and getting him out like teams usually do. Elevated fastballs, sliders away. But Cody Bellinger was crescendoing to start really having and hopefully having an impact. And when it comes to Thompson, he made that diving catch. He made the stop on the Grisham single, just holding him to a single. And yeah, he had a single. He had a walk that to start to start rallies. But yeah, you really deviate from the plan that yeah. really got you there. And having Joey Gallo, I mean, he's probably got a lot of splinters on his butt. He's on the bench the, all, the entire series. I mean, why make that move? You're not going to at least try to see what he can do because this team, they, they, the home run ball wasn't there. The slug was not yeah. there. And it, if you have Joey Gallo and you're not going to try to at least see what you have and or Miguel Vargas as well, I mean, they just weren't creative. Yeah. They just said, hey, we're just going to 
throw these guys out there, this lineup that we're comfortable with. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Whereas on the other, in the other dugout, they were making the, some smaller moves on the margins that I think really helped them in this series. I really liked what Bob Melvin did. It really makes you wonder if Bob Melvin is the manager of the Dodgers, are they playing baseball tomorrow? I mean, I think that old school approach mm. where you trust your guys. I mean, what does it yeah. say where... If, if you're in the Dodgers bullpen, what does it say if you're a Dodgers <laughs> starter? Well, you don't trust me. I mean, I thought Dave Roberts does an interview with Tom Verducci during the game. And we're talking about T.A., Tyler Anderson, the guy who's got that dog. <laughs> right? He's got that ex-dog. He's a guy that had thrown over 95 pitches in a game five times this season. He threw 123 yeah. pitches in that game where he was trying to pitch a no-hitter against the yeah. Angels. And he said he was ready to throw 150 if they needed him to that night. Thank you. 86 pitches, and you take Tyler Anderson out, and then you tell Tom Verducci, we think that he gave us everything he had. That wasn't everything that he had. And I just think that that put the wheels in motion for this bullpen to start crumbling because uh, that, that to me was the inexcusable managerial decisions by doc because you put in chris martin a guy that so this is the thing so let's just backtrack a little bit want to kind of chew on this for a second so dave roberts and company they say hey kimbrell's not going to make the postseason roster and because he doesn't have a role because he can't be the closer so we're going to go closer by committee and then after the game you say we're keeping evan phillips to get the final three outs yeah so that's not closer by committee no, that you, isn't playing the matchups you you saved him for the eighth or the ninth inning or whatever the game <clears> was there the game was there. They had Bruce Dar warming up the inning before. They didn't go to him. Yancey was a dude who missed a, pretty much the, the final two months of the season. He hadn't done enough when he was with the team to warrant that spot, in my opinion. I'm a big-time Yancey guy. You know, hey, he got Machado out. Um, didn't I mean, it wasn't all, it wasn't all him, obviously, because Canely was a guy who was not with the team. You know, Yancey earned that spot more uh, when he came in. Canely didn't have it. Vessia got beat, uh, and he was brought into an awkward situation. I mean, it's nine times out of ten that inning goes a different way. It's, yeah. It's tough, but it, all of that inning doesn't matter if Tyler Anderson is out there for one more, no, which he should have been. Absolutely. And I, look, I mean, look at, look at Melvin when he, he pulls Hill, right? Look at when in that inning, you bring in Yancey Almonte, he falls behind the count two zero to Kim. He gives up that double. He just wasn't effective enough. And we haven't seen Yancey in those situations. He's been no. fantastic this year, but yeah. you give him clean innings. The Dodgers weren't managing that game like there was no tomorrow. In that situation, I understand. I can forgive Doc for Tommy Canely not having it because he was effective. He was lights out since returning. But once you realize he doesn't have it and you got runners on base, you got to go to your best reliever. We call him Fireman Phillips for a reason. And that was when the game was on the line. And, he, and then Yancey gives up the double to, to Kim, gives up the single to Soto. And then, yeah, I was able to get Machado swinging and... He got jury to foul to first, but I mean, the Dodgers look silly. The Dodgers, it was embarrassing to have Yancey throw one pitch, one, one pitch to, uh, one pitch, uh, <laughs> to Cronenworth. And then you're, you're missing signs to try to, yeah, to no, try to throw over, to get him, uh, to allow him a couple an, more minutes to warm egregious, up. That's an yeah. egregious failure right there. The fact that you're able that you're in yeah. that spot, uh, you know, that inning, it got out of hand quickly. 
but you still saw it building. You got you got you got two spots for pitchers to throw in the in the <laughs> bullpen. Like <laughs> yeah, that there is no tomorrow if you don't win that day. Uh, but do you and like, Evan do you, Phillips and touch? You know, again, Dustin May did not touch a ball. There's, there's going to be a lot that doesn't sit right with this series for a while. So much to unpack. Um, so Daniel, Daniel, I think Daniel's getting a, what really wants us to talk about David. I mean, about, uh, uh, what's the manager's name? Dave Roberts. What's his name? Cause he's been, he's been commenting in there. And again, we keep saying it, <laughs> Daniel, there it is. Y'all are missing the reason we lost the season. It wasn't because of a fat bird drone or not trying. So Daniel do enlighten us because we're interested. We want to know. Gary says this team is embarrassing. That loss was embarrassing. The team was fun. Like Clayton Kershaw said, I like winning, but you got one. Um, got a super chat here from either Jesus Ooh. or Jesus. He said the analytics Jesus. only work long term where things average out, not in a sprint race. Mm -hmm. San Diego played small ball, and LA only follows a map slash script. Thoughts on that? I mean, that's when I when we actually were pre before this series even started. When the Mets and Padres hadn't played yet, what I say? I call it the Blue Agio, and I said that <laughs> when you're a casino, you have the house's edge, but on a shorter sample size, the chance of you being the house increases. So yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. And look, the bottom line is this: these games aren't played on paper. You have to get a balance of everything. Yes, you want as much information as you possibly can, but all of us out there, I had my neighbor. He's like, this is the first game I tuned into all year and he said why they pulled Tyler Anderson he was cruising I'm like you know what just get this guy yeah. hat, like this guy in the dugout I mean yeah Tyler Anderson is a guy that you can trust out there in big spots and you have to ignore this whole tendency and look you also are so predictable that's the thing too is the other dugout knows that you they're not going to allow their starter to face the lineup the third time around they know what the Dodgers MO is in these situations I mean you basically it's like watching a tennis match out there how many times doc goes up and changes pitchers it's like my neck is starting to hurt i'm getting whiplash so i think that you have to put a little more trust in your guys especially when you're talented that's what really hurts me is this bullpen was unbelievable the dodgers they wasted an elite bullpen they also wasted a path to the world series where you're you would be, have had to be an 89 win team and an 87 win team to get to the fall classic on paper that's one of the easier paths this game has ever seen and the Dodgers squandered that opportunity. And I think that it's not just on Dave Roberts. It's not just on the offense being terrible in, with runners in scoring position. It's not just on anyone. It's collectively they got beat by a Padres team that I think was hungrier, that I think was better prepared. And yes, I do think they benefited from the fact they went on the road. They did have the momentum of being that Mets team. But still, this Dodger team, it's not like they got blown out any game. It's not like they absolutely had their way with the Dodgers. All the wins, two runs, right? I mean, the one run, two runs. It's yeah. not like they absolutely dominated the Dodgers in any games. And when the result is that close, that tells you that a managerial decision here and there can cost you a game. And a batted back can cost you a game. Defense cost you a game. Trey Turner cost the Dodgers in game two. Even, I mean, we're lucky it wasn't worse that, I mean, the play where he calls off Chris Taylor. I mean, what are you doing there? I mean... <laughs> that's just absurd. So yeah, I think that this team, there's a lot to look back and when they do look back and look and just get back your point down in the comment section, I agree with you a hundred percent in a short series. That's why I said a great team that has depth 
They're built for a seven game series. They are built for a 162 game series. But going into this being the Dodgers, you have to realize that and you have to adjust accordingly. So I finally found the comment. Daniel uh, Bowler here has been uh, accosting the chat, calling us idiots and that we don't know anything. He blames the entire series on Will Smith's baby. That is why the Dodgers lost because of Will Smith's baby girl. That is why they lost. So congrats, Daniel. You got red. Thank you for hanging out. Amen. Well, everybody else is wrong. It's, it's the baby's fault. Hey, who are you to tell a guy what he should procreate with his wife? I mean, what do you want to like have a calendar? Oh, oh we, hey, babe, we can't, uh, we can't do this tonight because of uh, the world. Yeah, this could happen yeah. in October. Yeah. Hold off, man. Hey man, come on. Just uh, relax. I mean, look, uh, it'd be, <clears throat> I will agree with him. Will Smith did not have a good series at all, save for that no, game he one. He hit 188 uh, in the series. You know, he left, I think he did leave, and Daniel says it in his comment. I think, pretty sure he left the most runners on base. Yeah, he, I mean, did. He, is your, he is your cleanup guy. He hit the ball hard, but not as hard as he usually does, and he had a lot of, you know, kind of end cap fly balls. I don't yeah. blame it on that. I mean, like Dave is the one who said, Will and JT, uh, the Padres started throwing more velocity to them. And yep. they usually throw spin in the words of Dave, throw breaking pitches, throw off speed, and they're able to capitalize on that. So that's a situation of in four games, those two batters in particular did not adjust. Yeah. And Will Smith is a guy that we've seen come through for this team. And usually when he's struggling, he's getting babbit to death, right? He's hitting mm-hmm. rocket shots that are going right into the glove of the opposing team. And he did have the sack fly in game four. So you're seeing him get his bat on the ball, but yeah, that's another example of an adjustment that the Padres made is they knew that Will Smith could beat them. Mm -hmm. They knew that Will Smith is one of the most dangerous bats on this Dodger team, but they said, Hey, we're going to throw you. We're going to change our approach against you. And you know, Will Smith is a guy that, Look, it's that you avoid that inner half against him. You're usually going to be okay, especially fastballs in, in that inner half in his nitro zone, and then he can take off on. But he just couldn't find a rhythm. He couldn't find a rhythm where he's squaring up baseballs, and you're seeing him get a lot of hard contact. But in that first game, he was. But then they adjusted, and yeah, you got to give them a lot of credit. But in that situation. If you, the Dodgers have to pick that up too, and they have to adjust too on the fly end, they have to realize that, and you have to change your approach. So it did. It did feel like they were one step ahead, one move ahead of the Dodgers all series, and the Dodgers were playing catch up, and their moves weren't working as well as the as the Dodger as the Padres. So yeah, I mean, yeah, Will Smith definitely didn't have himself a great series. I think if you look at that, fantastic four, like I like to call him. I think Mookie had the worst series of that bunch. Will Smith was second. Trey Turner, if you look at his numbers. Still OPS over a thousand, but that costly defensive play really cost him. And then Freddie Freeman, I mean, I think he has OPS over twelve hundred. He had three hits in the elimination game. Yeah, he did his job. Freddie did his job, but yeah, just not enough. Too bottom of the lineup, not doing enough. Chris Taylor was a hero last year. He looked lost at the plate. For the most part, Gavin Lux got some base hits, but yeah, you just weren't seeing this past the baton, this big crooked number inning where they're just, you're just really pounding teams. They just didn't feel like they were intimidating the Padres pitchers at all. And you got to give a lot of credit too. Suarez was a beast. I mean, Hader has totally found it. So it really is also a result of their relievers getting hot at the right time. And Bob Melvin just 
pulling the right strings, pushing the right buttons in the right spot. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different factors. But, uh, yeah, the bottom line, the offense just did not produce. And Will Smith was um, a guy that they really needed to play better this series. I mean, everybody needed to play better. Everybody needed to do a bit more. Uh, Will Smith is a, a, a key factor. Trey Turner. I mean, you can go down the list. The offense was the problem. They, they didn't score. They didn't get the timely hits. They didn't get the hits that they're going to get in the, the, the mind of the opponent and throw them off their rhythm. Make them lose a game. And, and you know, you, maybe you get a reliever trying to be too fine because they're trying to hold, uh, you know, whatever, let's say a 5-2 deficit. They're trying to hold it there. And they give up another run and get insurance. There was no insurance. You know, they, they got the, the big, um, the big, what three run inning there in the, uh, was at the sixth and then missed an opportunity to potentially make it five. Could have easily made it four. credit to, to, uh, you know, Tim Hill and, and, uh, Mel Bob Melvin for keeping it there, bringing him in in the right moment. I, I said it and, I can say it. I'm probably not actually going to do it, but like I don't know about Muncie hitting that spot. I, I maybe, what's the point of having Miguel Vargas? You know, give me somebody who can get wood on a bat or, or, or on a ball, get at the outfield because those runs just mean so damn much. Yeah, and and, and Max looked uh, immediately overwhelmed against him and that nasty sweeper. You know, they just, it, it's. That frustrating, man. That was rough. It's frustrating. Yeah. I mean, there's, in your opinion, so I wanted to ask you, as you know, I had I had some questions and thoughts that we wanted to get that I wanted to get through, but this was all just off the cuff working with you guys. So we appreciate the comments all stream long. We probably should be getting out of here because we got plenty to talk about over the next few days, few weeks, few months. Uh, like Cody Bellinger, more Trey Turner, Justin Turner. Should he be walking? Is this the most angry? Dodger fans have been during this era of success. You did the post game shows. You did a very ugly one in 19 and you've done a very ugly one uh, on Saturday night. Is this the most angry? I would say without question, 100%. I have not seen Dodger fans react this way. And I'm the guy who did the post game show after game five in 2019. I'm the guy that did the post game show after game four when Doc did a great job, didn't do a great job managing that one. So, yeah, absolutely. I think it's a different type of anger, though, because it's more despair. It's more yeah. sadness. I think the anger came at, oh, we can win. Like, it's just a bad decision here and there. Now it almost feels like Dodger fans feel like this is just, they're numb to this. And, the the sad thing about that is when that happens, you you become less interested. And I think Dodger fans, they're they're the ones that are done with Dave Roberts. This is the final straw. This is it. They want nothing to do with Dave Roberts. I think that the interesting thing for me is the big takeaway from the Dodger fans' reaction in this situation is they're turning on Mookie Betts. I've never seen this much tension and vitriol towards Mookie Betts. And how many times during the season do we see the tweet when he does something good? Mookie Betts is a Dodger. Thank you, Boston. Right? So it's really changed. And I think that these fans are hungry for another World Series title. And I think, too, the other big takeaway based on the comments, and there were a lot of them, is 
fans really coming to grips with, hey, 2020 didn't suffice. Even if 2020 had been a 162-game regular season, I still think that the Dodgers should have more than one World Series to show for the amount of resources that they have poured into this franchise. But yeah, it was angry. I mean, you have people telling me, Doug, I have trouble sleeping. How am I supposed to sleep? How am I supposed to eat? Like, just really dark dark thoughts. And uh, I had fans telling me that uh, the rain during the game was actually Vin Scully and Tommy Lasorda's tears. Okay, so it definitely <laughs> got dark uh, on the post-game show. But, I mean, based on what people said, there was a positive therapy session in the end. So I'm glad that uh, people took it as that because the reality is this. When you feel that way, you almost have to feel good about the fact that you love something that much. Yeah. And that this is a pastime. It's probably one of your top hobbies. If you could choose to do anything. I saw someone on the, yeah. the tweet yesterday say, hey, Doug, it's the first 7-10 without Dodger baseball of the offseason. Like things like that. I mean, this is a way of life. And it really is. I mean, for people who are as vested or invested into it, like all of us, I mean, we're two people that are fans that just happen to be lucky enough to make this our job. And we appreciate you guys for allowing that because we love being here talking crap and talking good about this team with you. But, you know, every day, yeah, we're looking and watching the game and trying to find some sort of headline or story or something to talk about <laughs> what, you know, from that, what went wrong, what went right, what, what this means for the future. But at the same time, we're also watching like, hell yeah, this team, you know, it's hard being in, uh, in the press box sometimes because you can't be the yeah, fan. You have to be, sure. you know, on the line of of being a professional. But we're fans. This is what we want to see. This is how we spend, you know, time hanging out with our family. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> you you got family. You got a brother. You get pissed at your you know your brother for not taking out the trash. Justin Turner didn't take out the trash this yeah. <laughs> this last week. You know, something. Uh, it's getting stupid for sure. But I agree, I man. Disagree. And, <laughs> and and you know. We all ride and we all die with this team, and, and, and it sucks that we had to uh, die in a way right here. But hopefully something actually useful and tangible comes from it. A change yeah, I think needs it's to happen. It can't be the same team again because we've done it. It's 10 years. There hasn't always been the same dudes, obviously. Only one dude left from the team 10 years ago, and that is Clayton Edward Kershaw, and guess what? He is, he's on the bubble, you know, you don't know mm -hmm. if he's coming back yep. and you bring him back. Guess what? You're going to have to assume he's going to miss a, a month, two months next season. So you're going to have to ride with Ryan Pepio getting some starts and some Michael Grove. And you're going to have to hope that like this season, he happens to be just not hurt at the right time. Yeah. Um, but all of that, he still went out and threw you know, five innings and gave up three runs, kept his team in the game, but it was a game that he lost. Yeah. Um, and again, there's there's the, the Trey Turner. I don't think he's back. Cody Bellinger, I've been saying this for months. He's not back. Non-tender. It's the easiest decision this team is ever going to make. He is not worth $17 million. I said in an article this morning, maybe, maybe if it's like a two years and $12 million deal or something like that, maybe you get something done because of what he's meant to you. But he's had, in a way, two legacy contracts, you know? Yeah. 20, not a good year. 19 or, or uh, 21, much worse. This year, not much better. That, that's just who he is. And we were laughing all you know, I mean, earlier today when he's gone. Uh, well, he's going to go win you know, an MVP for the Giants or something like that because he's either going to Arizona or San Francisco. That's just what I see. 
but it, it's going to be, I've said it, I think each of the last few off seasons, it's going to be a, an off season of, of drastic change, dramatic change. Um, and I think at this point in time, we're all ready for it in the past, you know, 19, it hurt. It was sad to see guys like, you know, it's the end of the ride for freezer. It's the end of the ride, uh, in blue for rich Hill. Um, in 20, you know, at least Kike, Jock, they got their rings. They had their opportunity. Uh, 19, <laughs> I already said 19. Yeah, the rug got pulled out, but it was, it was mostly Dave's fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 21, it was obvious. This one shouldn't have happened. Yeah, this the one is the real kick in the balls, the real gut punch one. And I think that it ha- it's so dramatic when you look at the fact that, yeah, 111 win season, they get bounced in the first round after winning one game, you have to make drastic changes. Let's say they win a round, you lose in the NLCS, you say, okay, they had the injuries. The injuries start to pile up. Walker Buehler is out. Blake Trinan isn't the same guy. And you, Tony Gonson's not the same guy. And Or you get make it to the World Series. Then I think maybe you do run it back without a lot of swift changes. But considering the fashion in which they lost, there's no way in hell they can just run it back and think that it's a Okay, so I think that I agree with you 100 percent. I think that it's time for a change. It's time for new voices. It's time for new players. I mean, I've been a fan of Trey Turner and the idea of the Dodgers maybe looking to ink him long term. But I also said you don't pay your barber before you see the haircut. Okay, and I think with Trey Turner at this point, I like the fact the Dodgers have this much flexibility. They do have the prospect capital. They do have the flexibility, the financial resources to go out there and make some big changes. And you look at, they only have four guys under contract past next season. So if they do want to bring another high price free agent or make a deal and flip some of these prospects like they did for Mookie Betts, in before the 2020 season, they are going to have those options. So it's yeah. going to be very interesting to see what they do. You're going to see a lot of new faces next season. And a lot of these core guys that we've seen throughout the years, the Cody Bellingers, I mean, Clay and, think about this, this time next year, we can see a Dodgers team without Clay and Kershaw, Cody Bellinger and Justin Turner. Wild. And it's just wild. And, 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 and maybe it's time. I, I think I'm it, a dude who does, I don't like change, but I also don't like these shows. Yeah. I, I straight up don't like these. I would much rather be celebrating and being happy drunk yeah. with my friends. Hey, I don't know about you, but your boy loves some change. That's an opportunity for like 10 videos. You can do explore the jersey swaps. I'm a big, I'm a big changes guy. This guy changes this guy is my goes, favorite Tupac yeah. song, my favorite Dave Bowie song. No, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that it's, it's going to come naturally though. And I think that, We'll see. Does Clayton Kershaw want to come back and go through the grind of this whole experience? So, yeah, I mean, the way this season ended, we're kind of still in shock right now. I don't think we're completely processed what exactly happened. And it's going to get worse tomorrow when there's baseball being played. Yeah, I was just about to say that, yep. that once you see the steal, Padres in game thunder, one, yep. not even, I mean, we're just uh court. Was it corporate bondage? Court bond, yeah, court yeah, bondage. Yeah. Like once you, it's going to, it's going to, everyone's blood's going to boil tomorrow when they see the Padres against the Phillies, because they're going to realize that that should have been the Dodgers and the Phillies. And then it's going to continue on. And I know you, know, it's funny too. Like I know a lot of people are NHL fans, football fans, NBA fans. They're going to probably focus more on their teams in the next few weeks than watching postseason baseball because it hurts so much, but you're going to pay attention. You're going to see who wins and loses. So yeah, it's definitely a tough loss, but I do think that the Mitch lot of half full take here to 
spin this in a positive way is the only way to get real wholesale changes is for a loss this dramatic. And mm-hmm. I think that the Dodgers definitely lost in dramatic fashion to the point where they're going to have to reevaluate everything. They're going to have to do some serious soul searching on how even how they value injured players. I think you mentioned it earlier. I think that they thought that all these guys were going to come back and be able to perform. And really, we look about we think about it. Blake Trinan did it. Tony Gonsolin did it didn't Tommy Canely was lights out until he wasn't. So they have to do a better job in assessing how their players are able to perform from a health standpoint too, moving forward. And Hey, like I said, the trade deadline, I was very, I was very weary when they didn't go out there and make a move because they didn't, they weren't aggressive in 2019. You saw what happened. They weren't aggressive in 20, 22 and yes they still had a stack roster but when you make a change when you make a big trade you get guys excited down the stretch and yeah. i think this team didn't have that same life down the stretch so are you saying you didn't have the excitement of joey gallo and chris martin amen no i did. well chris martin look they're you're fine while your your rival by the way enough of the little brother crap this was the series it matched it up now these are two teams that have something, they have an equal edge against each other. Yeah. Because yeah. you win here, this completely negates losing 14 times oh, in absolutely. the regular season. And, and here's the dirty little secret it was already a rivalry because this is the well, thing. By, by definition, it is yeah, because div- they're in the same division. But still, but- <laughs> you're, so I used to ask Dodger fans I'm not saying it's ever going to be on the level of the Giants versus the Dodgers because the difference between the Dodgers and Giants rivalry is it doesn't matter what their records are. It doesn't matter who's on the team. You care about losing or beating the Giants no matter what. The Padres is a rivalry right now because of the talent that's on that team, because they have postseason history now. I always compare it to the Lakers-Kings rivalry of the early 2000s or the Lakers-Suns rivalry. It's like, yeah, you don't care about those rivalries anymore, Mm -hmm. but at the time, you really did. So you can't tell me that even before this series that there wasn't just a little extra when these two teams faced off. But hey, what did everyone say? I heard everyone out there say, hey, it's not a rivalry until the Padres take something from the Dodgers, and they have absolutely taken something from the Dodgers, and they might have taken away a World Series title. So yeah, game on. It's definitely a rivalry, and we'll see. It's going to be uh, it's going to be big time. A, a lot of emotions early on the, the when they first when these teams face off for the first time next season. It's going to be a good time. We got some from uh, producer Noah over here. Yeah, I got a quick super chat here. Lori O. She said, "I really thought." Uh, I thought they really could do it this year because they made a historic regular season to counter the postseason Dodger bugaboo, but not even a historically great regular season team could do it. Holy crap. Appreciate 1999 Super Chat. That is awesome. We appreciate everybody sending one. Jesus, another one. $1.99. LMAO, there's there's always an excuse. And, I mean, yeah, you're going to have reasons uh, why you're losing, but um, I'd rather not lose. Yeah, losing is not not fun. Especially <laughs> for, a Dodger loss is dark. A Dodger loss is dark. It's it's like unlike anything, especially in the postseason. It takes a while just to kind of get back to normal and try to get to feel right. But I think that the thing to be excited about Dodger fans is the fact that, like I said, this team, there's a lot of options. There's a lot of, of flexibility up and down this roster. And they already have a lot of great pieces already. And you tinker with this roster. You make some changes to the coaching staff. And then hopefully all these guys have this sting amongst them and they want to work even harder this offseason because they don't want to feel the way they're feeling. They don't like the fact that the Dodgers now, the reality is anytime you Google most disappointing teams in 
professional sports history, you have to include the 2022 Dodgers oh, just by way of the fact that <laughs> they are the only team in the sports long history that, I mean, this is, a, this is a franchise, 139 years, right? I mean, this is a franchise that's been around for over 100 years, and this is the first time a team has won 109 games and hasn't even made it to the league championship series. So, yeah, it is on paper. It's not a debate what that they are the most disappointing, underachieving team in, in baseball history, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't a good year. I mean, I, I don't like the fact that people are saying that the regular season didn't matter because I don't know about you, but I like driving here to work the next days thinking about the win from last night. I like the feeling of winning every time we did a post game show and you know it's like uh it's like that wrestling thing. It was real to me, goddammit. <laughs> you know like it, it still <laughs> felt real to me. So it's like it, I still enjoyed the regular season, but if we're being honest with ourselves, we have to go back and really assess some things to because look, the reality is the perception of the Los Angeles Dodgers is that until they win a 100 even though even though if you disagree with this, which is fine and it's understandable because I still think the Dodgers would have won the World Series in 2020 if it was a 162 million game season. But the reality is the perception out there is some fan bases, people in the baseball world won't completely legitimize the Dodgers success until they win a 162 game regular season plus the postseason. A few comments in here. People asking if we're going to keep going throughout the offseason. Yes, we don't. We don't quit. We're not like a lot of other outlets who go away until it's the postseason or the regular season. We're here with you rocking all year long. And I think this year, this off season, we're ramping up content more than we ever have. We're going to be in here. We're going to see a whole lot, perhaps too much of Doug and I, uh, especially Doug, because you know, he's chomping at the bit. He's, he's got that. He's got those rumored dog in him right there. And we'll be here. Well, I mean, we still got to figure out and settle the day. It feels like, I mean, we're all, we're all usually here on a Monday, but I'm kind of annoyed missing Monday night football games myself. But if you yeah. guys want to keep it going on Monday, you know, this is this is a show for you guys. I saw somebody say, uh, and I appreciate it. I, I forgot where the comment went, but you know, these shows are uh, uh, you know a great therapy session for them. And I mean, it is for us, all of us trying to uh, get in here. There's a lot of voices, so we do our best to not only talk to each other to talk with each other to you guys about things and you know bring up some different points or whatever but we try to get you know get to the comments as best we can try to get your guys uh takes and you know run with those as best we can but uh you guys make it hard because you're so uh so locked in on this team um seth says uh the worst part of this no more post game show oh yeah you know we're gonna we'll do a to... post game for like the astros padres world series <laughs> that could get exciting <laughs> and we'll just we'll just roast both teams we'll roast both players guys i promise you that no we, hey you know phillies guardians if it does come to that i think we got to do like a whole like watch party thing and just trash on everything yeah f-bombs galore it'll be a good time <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. People are enjoying Noah here. They're saying Alex says DN with the intern comment reader. Hey, hey, we can get you that. Uh, we'll get you that little like uh, card made for you, man. Um, Jeff talking about the the rivalry. We'll say in air quotes with Padres. Uh, our pal at Snydog, of course, locked on Dodgers. One of our fine uh, contributors, writers extraordinaire here with DodgersNation.com. says the rivalry conversation is always just people defining the word differently. Like Doug said, it's definitely a rivalry right now. When people say it's not a rivalry, they mean long-term. So um, I think, I think it's beyond that. I think 
this solidified it into something more. Yeah. And why is that a bad thing? I don't get it. It's some pejorative term against the Padres. I get the little brother, yeah, big yeah. brother it's, dynamic. It's the whole thing of trying to just yeah. keep them down in their place. But I, I think it's like the closest thing to like a college football field where you actually have fans from both teams in the stands. You rarely see that in a lot of big league stadiums with rivalries. And look, the reality is Padres are having their moment right now. They weren't afraid to make moves and spend money to try to compete with the Dodgers. And yeah, this could spark um, a, few, a, a rivalry between the two teams. And I think that it's a good thing for the Dodgers because when you win your division by 22 games, you can take your foot off the gas, even mentally. I mean, these guys are just humans. And that's just when you have a rival like the Giants or the Padres and you have more interesting games, it's only going to help you. And I think next season it's going to be on. It's going to be on. But hey, even if the Dodgers go 19-0 against the Padres, they're going to be like, hey, it doesn't matter. We'll see you guys when it matters most. But yeah, look, the goal, the mission right now has to be to just kind of reevaluate everything i think one of the i see some comments here saying that uh who would you rather have degrom or aaron judge i think that really the answer to that question i think Charles has Graham. to be uh and we know clint <laughs> hey look you got to give this man credit because because i did a poll about carlos correa going to the dodgers and i did that poll in the summertime and it was like would you want correa to be a dodger and it was like 99.99 percent said nope. no you know, and then one percent said yes. Now it's like seventy thirty. It's sixty. It's climbing. Yeah, yeah I mean, you posted yeah. that not too long after the loss, I think, and yeah. and it was very much the split yeah, for sure. And yeah, then, yeah. You know, cooler heads prevailed, and you get more of the people who are like, no, I don't want that. Guy yeah, there was like a fifty-five to forty-five part. Uh, but point. do you like this feeling, or do you want to whine about something that happened, you know, five years ago? We got we got internet comment boy reader, <laughs> producer Noah. Noah. Um, what do you got? Just quick super chat here, Orlando. He said, "I'm not spending one penny on the Dodger organization until they win a World Series. We need to send a message." So thank you for spending that penny here. I like it. I appreciate that. Look at that. I give him. I'm sure that sounded great in everybody's ear holes. But uh, I mean, it's probably about time to get out of here, guys. Uh, I know the comments are still rocking, but we're going to save some good, good some of that good, good for uh, the rest of the offseason. Uh, Tyrell says, appreciate all the time and effort, guys. We appreciate you guys rocking with us every week. And we'll see you for the rest of this offseason. We're going to see you through the postseason and all this kind of stuff. Who you got in the LCSs, by the way? Well, we don't know who's going to be in the ALCS because that game apparently got postponed. So MLB is probably pissed right now. But I mean, I can't pick the Padres, man. I just can't. I just can't rally me here. I, I, I just the, look I, like I said in the postgame show, the Phillies offense is what the Dodgers offense was supposed to be as far as how explosive they were. And I think that Bryce Harper, they have a lot going for them right now. I'll take the fighting Phils, a team that I hated in the past, of course. So, yeah, there's. Yeah. I mean, these are two teams that yeah. you absolutely team should Meteor. hate. Team Meteor. Yeah, the, the you want nobody to win the pennant. One of them has to win the pennant. And I guess... I like no, this. No, because, I mean, usually you say you want the team that beats you to go on and win. I don't want the Padres. That That is one way you can still keep them in their place. You did all of that. And and you couldn't win yeah. the title. I think for the Padres too, they're on this emotional high being the Dodgers. Yeah. Like where will they be at? But the bottom line is they have that juice. They have that postseason juice that's it's tough to pinpoint, identify, but you know when you see it. I like this one guy says, "I have, I don't care." Taco, uh, <laughs> I have, I don't care. I think a lot of you people are uh, a lot of uh, us out there feel the same way. But it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think Rob Manfred is uh, probably hurting right now. I saw someone tweeted that they're going to have the Phillies and the Guardians World Series. 
Wednesdays at 6.45 a.m. on ESPN 12 or something. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's that. like, it'll be really interesting to see how this all play out. And I think that it'll be interesting to have a Yankees-Astros and then, uh, or Yankees Astros potentially. I'm not ruling out the Guardians because the Guardians have a lot of a lot of guts yeah. that could absolutely win that series. But if they lose. I think Josh Naylor needs to uh, he needs to apologize to his team because that was a little embarrassing there. Yeah, look, I went saying let's go Phillies. So we're all Philly fans. You know, yeah. remember Victorino? Those. I think <laughs> yeah, the, you know, 15 years ago was a long time for some folks. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I Rest know. in peace, Matt Stairs. Oh, uh, Dylan with some love here says this channel blows away AM five seventy. They're friends of ours. We we enjoy some five seventy. But looking forward to the off season content. Glad you guys will be on here during the <laughs> off time, during the off season. Oh yeah, we're always gonna be here. K Taz twelve oh seven dollar ninety nine super chat. Uh boom, you got I'm gonna give you ten seconds. Would you rather have Judge or DeGrom next season? DeGrom. All right. Makes sense because you want pitching. But why not both? Send I'll know, and, we'll, and this will be probably a next week's show. There is a payroll crunch coming up for this team. Yeah, they 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 just got under that three hundred million threshold, I believe it is. Things are going to be a change in a good lights bit. out starters. Yeah, baby. that doesn't mean like hey, you get to just drop like three or four dudes and then go fill that same payroll because I I think there's there's going to be and yeah, there's going to be something different. And don't sleep on James Outman. Can't get him out, man. I mean, he's on judges level. I mean, I'd love to have Aaron judge. I mean, he'd be great. I want to see, have a, a show here, you know, like judge judge, you know, he, he has so many opportunities, but uh, I just fear he's going to sign with the Yankees. So I don't want to get my hopes up. Everybody's going to the giants, including, yeah. uh, including Cody Bellinger, but guys, we appreciate the time. I'm, I'm going to sign out for real this time. Uh, I guess, I guess we're all saying besides rally meteor, go Phillies. Uh, yeah, who I you mean, got? Who you got? I, I want none of them. They're all just so bad. If if I if I had my P's and Q's about it, the one team I care the least about is Cleveland. Yeah. And you know, I'd like to see them uh, you know, come back from that or finally rebound from that that three one uh you know, the deficit from the uh the sixteen postseason where Yeah. You know, the rain. The rain. The rain And they helped. hate the Yankees. They, they do. They're fans. Duh! <laughs> Wow. Anyways, um, all right, guys. Well, uh, find us on the internet all the off season long as well. We're going to bring you every legitimate rumor that we can. We're also going to be exploring a bunch of cool stuff. We hope cool stuff uh, this postseason as we look at, at some fits with this team. And we do explore changes that could or should, in our opinion, with the help of our fan base that we think should be made. If you guys can't join the live stream, it's the best place, best place to watch us for sure. So do subscribe, youtube.com slash Dodger Nation TV. Hit the bell, leave a like, leave a comment after. You know, tell uh, tell grandma, tell the YouTube algorithms you love us. But we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, anywhere, basically anywhere, your podcasts are available for free. We live there, so go do that. Just Google Blue Heaven Podcast. You can find us real easy. That guy is the legendary DMAC underscore LA on Twitter and Instagram. I am Real FRG on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you guys for all the chats. Thank you guys for the birthday love and the birthday uh, super chats because that's cool. That is always beer money. And the fridge is empty. And that's a, that's a sad time. <laughs> I had water today. Spring tea. But I also didn't, I didn't really want to have tequila during this show because, ooh, it would have gone off the rails real quick. Thank you, guys, and uh, we will see you next Monday. Bye.
in a roaring stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit.